Worldwide Podcast, talking all things NFL. Now here's your hosts, Root and Y. Hey, hey, hey. Time for a preview podcast here at the Wooten Wise Show. The season is just around the corner, and we've yeah. got our AFC and NFC previews coming up, and then our uh, playoff predictions and, and award winner predictions as well coming up. But we're starting with the AFC as we record on the first day after the, the preseason wrapped up yesterday, and it was a, a crazy sort of 24 hours because the rules had changed this year where the roster cuts can happen all at once, rather than go down to 70 mm-hmm. and then down to 50, you're getting mass cuts and you're getting more trades because of it. We saw two long snapper trades last week, including which John Darenbos. Which just, that really hurt. It your really ma- hurt. Your magic man is gone. I think it was, what, 14 seasons at Philadelphia, which is just, you know, that's half that our hurts. lives. That hurts, man. And he was such a, for a long snapper, such a beloved man. I know. Still, still loved, but. Still very loved. I think, uh, yeah, he's. I mean, he's got big shoes to fill. Yep, big shoes to fill, definitely. Um, yeah, no, the the last. I think the last two weeks of preseason really passed me by very quickly. Yep. I think I think after the first week, everyone's just like, yes, football, and they're like they're hanging out for the next week, and then I think everyone gets kind of distracted with fantasy football, maybe. Yep. Trust. And then all of a sudden, preseason's over, and the real pre the real season's here. Yeah. I think with every season-ending injury, people get over the preseason. Uh, for me, I think it needs to be shortened. Last I mean, week was the week of the ACL. It was, it was just brutal. And if you, especially if you drafted like Spencer Ware, Edelman, and, and Kevin Meredith in your team, you could, your season's over by now. Sorry, guys. For those actual people, um, yeah, I mean, there's daily fantasy. Still plenty of, <laughs> and you know, speaking of that, we'll have some stuff in store for you next week, but we'll keep that under wraps for now. But uh, you know, it's just the college football season starts without any preseason. Week one's happening right now. And almost without any warning. It's just like, oh yeah, by the way, college football's here. Yeah. So I, I think two games is enough. I, I really do think two games is enough. First game, you get your players playing a, a couple of drives, and then, you, then your second game, you have them play a full half, and then you have your backups and... Other players play the second halves. I'd yeah, just have some, like, if you need, you know, that much, like, game situation kind of thing. Have, I don't know, maybe just more aggressive scrimmages in your own training or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you have just, more control over everything. Yeah, you can, you can, it's in, in a completely controlled environment. Yeah. Yeah. But this is why we leave our previews till a week before, because you could spend the ne- last few months previewing it and it can all go out of the window with, with a player like Julian Edelman getting injured or Spencer Ware getting injured and, uh, you know, we prefer to wait because there's more information available to us, and we prefer to use the also gen- just a general good rule of thumb for fantasy football to leave your draft till yep. the latest point. Latest point, uh, and we'll have our fantasy drafts, uh, the Wooten Wire Money Leagues, next week, early on in the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, uh, possibly even the night before on a Thursday night, we might have a draft <laughs> as well. But let's um, let's get into it. So we're going to preview each team. We're going to use the Vegas uh, win lines as just a starting point for our discussion. Uh, both you and I spent this morning going through the season game by game. That was not a tedious process at all. No, it was no, very that simple was... and fun. Yeah. Uh, but we did that, uh, and what we came up with are what we call either-or games as well. So it kind of caps a ceiling and a floor for each team, uh, and we found some divisions, and we'll get into it, uh, just so 
so tedious more than others. Uh, there's so many more either-or games involved in those, but uh, we'll uh, get straight into it. It's showtime. So the New England Patriots win total uh, is at 12.5 right now, the over $1.87 and the under $1.95. Ooh. And... Over is a dollar ninety five. Yes, over twelve and a half right now is a dollar ninety five. That's interesting. Uh, all right, so where did you have them at? I, I'm firmly in the over camp here at twelve and a half. It appears <clears throat> I am following your train of thought. Yep. So, uh, so you've gone sixteen and zero. Yes, <laughs> I, I just see. I just can't see them losing a game. Uh, there's a few either or games where they play the Falcons, uh, but they're at home. They play the Steelers, but they always torch the Steelers' zone defense. Uh, they're the, they're the two hardest games on the schedule against Carolina. I think is a is a tough match. They match up quite well against New England, and then you can always see them possibly losing a game, maybe here and there. They always seem to struggle a little bit in Miami, but this is a different Miami team this year, a much stronger Patriots team. And then there's also the the Mexico game in uh, Mexico City against the Raiders. But yeah, I, I just. Uh, and I, I, like I've thrown them into my either all, like my either alls are higher than yours. I have at, at seven, so I can see them like yep. I, I see them having more tougher games than you. But like 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 yourself, I see them coming out on top yep. far more often than not. If I if I was just completely going with what I thought, I'd probably have them at sixteen and zero. But throwing in yep. there a loss. Uh, looking at their team overall. For me, like, my biggest question is, what's their actual weakness? Like, when you look at their roster, where is their weakness? Like, when you look at it, they're, they're loaded at wide receiver, even after Coaching losing... Coaching and quarterback, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they lose Edelman, they're fine. They've got Brandon Cooks, Edel, uh, Brandon Cooks, Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, Amendola. Uh, they even have this Austin Carr who looks like, you know, a smaller Amendola type uh, player, the running back. This is probably their best running back core they've had in years. I, I guess maybe it could be the pass rush. You know, they they traded for Coney Ely and he didn't pan out and now they lose Derek Rivers to a season-ending inju- injury. That's the only that's the only flaw. But Trey Flowers played really, really strong last year and he's coming along quite well. But that's, that's probably it. Yeah. Um, punt returns now that Cyrus Jones is hurt. There, there we go. He was an li- fa- absolute liability. I in found it. Coverage, though. I found it. Yeah. So, there you go. That's I found, it. I found That's the it. Chink so, they may armor. return one less punt for a touchdown this year. Mm-hmm. They're always really strong on special teams as well. Yeah. Um, and, and with the addition of Rex Burkhead, just makes it even. Yep. Exactly. Uh, it, to, to prove how sh- far and above beyond they're rated than any other team, uh, football outsiders have them at a 21.8% chance to win the Super Bowl. The next closest is Pittsburgh at 14.9%. So there's a huge, huge, huge gap between... Huge! ...between one and two based off their projections. Um, they also have the easiest schedule, according to Football Outsiders. I guess when you play the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets twice a year, that really helps. Yeah, and I mean, their division's making it easier for them yep. by the day. Yep. Just, I mean, now with uh, Richardson gone? Yeah, Jets. And, yeah, like Jermaine Curse, is that going to strike fear into them? Probably not. I'm I'm terrified of the curse. <laughs> Low key Madden curse. That Madden could be curse. a pr- issue, which so. is a real thing. Yeah, we're both firmly in the over for New England. Moving on to Miami, uh, their win total is seven and a half. That's a pick 'em at the moment. Dollar ninety each way. Uh, so seven and a half. 
looking at our uh, predictions here, you're a little bit lower than on them than I. I went eight and eight, but I had a lot of either or games for them. Um, they're a team that's really hard to judge. I guess the question mark being, how do they replace Tannehill with Cutler? Like, are they going to be the same team? You have them at six and ten, Josh. Yeah, six and ten, but I. <clears throat> Did I stutter? Sorry, just the button I got for the cough. I, uh, Did I cough? <laughs> Cutler's choking me up. I just get so emotional when I talk about him. Yeah, he's a really good player. Having him back is just—it's it's so it, exciting. It's a tearjerker. <laughs> to be honest, I this is one of the hardest teams to predict how they're going to go. You you see Cutler as possibly, you know, uh, there's signs of optimism in yep. Miami because he can throw the ball deeper than Tannehill, and you know, opens up that kind of thing, and. You look for people like Devante Parker to take a step forward in their career, and you know he yep. he has the ability to become you know an elite Special, receiver. Yeah. yeah, so you've got that aspect, and then you've also got the aspect that and the reason that uh, no one picked Cutler up when he was cut by the Bears. So yep. you've got you've got to look at it both sides. I have them at six and ten. I had eight either or games, so yep. they can go it really can go either yeah, way. Yeah, their ceiling and floor is so like would it shock you if they win nine games or ten games? Probably not. No. But when I look at their defense outside of their their front four in, you know, Branch, Sue, Phillips and Wake, they were they were hoping that Raquan McMillan would be a, a solution for them at linebacker. They signed Lawrence Timmons, who's on the real back shelf of his career. And Raquan McMillan tears his ACL, and now their secondary is really... Byron Maxwell's still burnt toast. Uh, even, like, Rashad Jones hasn't had a strong preseason at all. I really am worried about their... You know, outside of their defensive tackles and defensive ends, their linebacker and secondaries are very very vulnerable. I think teams are going to be able to score at will on this defense. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah. you can just see New England as having a field day yeah. with them. Feels like Cutler's left the Bears and now has joined the AFC's version of the Bears. Yeah, Feels like that's a lot of the teams he's joined has had bad secondaries and pretty much questionable offensive line. Just games, teams yeah. that he just has to win by a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at the Miami offense and I think, you know, I want them to lean on Jay Ajayi, but then Jay Ajayi's had his injury concerns. And then, yep. you know, Jarvis Landry being such a, you know, a focal point of the offense for the last few seasons, it doesn't bode well for him that Cutler is the quarterback. It's not the kind of player that meshes well with him. So it's, I think it's going to take a while to see how this offense plays out, and I think that Julius Thomas may see a bigger role. Yep, I could not agree more. All right, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. So with Miami, it's kind of a push at this point where one of us has gone over, one of us has gone under. We're not really sure there. Buffalo Bills, the win total is at 6.5, over 6.5, $2.15, under 6.5, uh, $1.74. The question for me that comes to mind with the Bills, are they low-key tanking? They traded Ronald Darby, traded Reggie Ragland, traded Sammy Watkins. They're just wiping the, the slate clean of Doug Whaley's stank. And looking at next year, they've acquired a lot of picks in next year's draft. Uh, two firsts, two seconds, two thirds. And even before all these trades, they were just a really weirdly constructed roster. Yeah, a thousand percent. That's a real percentage. A thousand percent Buffalo uh, tanking. In fact, that is a percentage. Yes. Um... They're not doing it as well as the Jets. No. But they're giving it a right shot. I think, to be <laughs> honest, Buffalo and Jets are doing the right thing at this time. New England are completely at their peak. Yeah. Absolutely at the pinnacle right now. Yeah. Their, their roster construction is almost perfect. Yeah. 
I mean, before Brady even threw a preseason ball, like the team got like 25% better. Yeah, so it went from Super Bowl champs to then just getting better and better yeah, and better across the board. They filled every weakness they had with studs. It's kind of the op- and it's funny we're talking about Buffalo and New York tanking. Like the the continuity factor of New England is so underrated. Like every year, everything's the same. Everything's you know what you're getting out of your GM, you know what you're getting out of your coach, you know what you can get out of your owner and what you're allowed to do, and and they're all on the same page. These organizations are are never on the same page, and they're always seem to be stuck in these situations. Yeah, and like it, it was a few years ago that Miami went all in on Tannehill, and you know they started trying to. They thought that you know there might be a window opening where they you know they had a legitimate um, uh, shot to yep. you know go to go to the Super Bowl that kind of thing and they paid they paid blah blah they paid some big money. Did I stutter? Yep. Um, in free agency and things like that, but I think they've realised their mistakes now and they're kind of in limbo land right yep. now. And yeah. yeah, their offense is just barren. Buffalo's it it really like I I don't mind Jordan Matthews as a player, but as your outside threat as a number one receiver, I'm not overly keen on it. And then if they lose, like, Charles Clay, they're starting, like, Nico Leary at tight end. They've got, like, Andre Holmes and Walter Powell, you know, as receivers as well. Like, they have a they have an interesting defensive front similar to Miami, but it just peters out after that. And, yeah, I'm definitely on the under. I have them winning two games, as do you. Um, very little either or games. We're not expecting many, not expecting many much variation. I feel sorry for Tyrod as well a little bit. I feel like he could... If you put Tyrod on the Broncos or something... No, I want Tyrod to go to the Jags. To the Jags. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. I would be in full favor of that. That's a good team, right? If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, do you just buy it a first-round pick straight to Buffalo? Is he worth that? But you have the defense to compete right I now. Think he, I think he's talented enough to mm. run an offense but if you like But if you're Jacksonville, you could probably just wait and just sign him at the end of this year. Because the, the Buffalo, it sounds like Buffalo do not want Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, but term. I mean, you look at look at Jacksonville's line, uh, squad across the board. With uh, I think it, it also really would suit, I mean, I know we're kind of getting off topic here, but I yeah. think that if the Jags went out and got Tyrod, you're expecting their opponents this season to stack the box against Fournette. Yep. And... You know, when when you have a mobile quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, it opens it, it you know it stops those defenses stacking the box because there's that threat that the quarterback can scramble and yeah. you know run away Chill like threat. that, which yeah. will then obviously aid Fournette. Yeah. So I think that I mean that's it, to be honest, it's smart business. Yes, I've said to be honest we a lot be, right now. I'm being be a, it's an honest podcast. We should be GMs. It doesn't sound that hard, right? <laughs> No. Uh, you also have them at two and fourteen, so we are fully endorsing the under for Buffalo this year uh, at a dollar seventy four under six and a half, well and truly mm-hmm. under. Um, you know, it's a pretty good bet. Uh, the Jets uh, moving on to the lowly New York Jets. Similar stuff. We won't spend too long on them. Over unders at three and a half. Pick them at a dollar ninety one at the moment. Uh, you have them zero and sixteen. I have them one and fifteen. We're again just straight on the unders. It's it, it is. A dire, dire situation for New York. Obviously, I'll give them. I'll, I'll applaud them for this. Trading Sheldon Richardson, who was probably going to sign somewhere else at the end of the year, and then he had one more year left on his contract. He was a bit of a troublemaker in the locker room and a bit of off the field dramas that gave them headaches. That's one position where they can afford to trade someone like that because they have Leonard Williams and Muhammad Wilkinson and Steve McClendon. They managed to get a second round pick next year, so they're they're loaded and, and can rebuild. You know, in terms of capital next year, if they can land that number one pick, and it looks likely that they will, 
find that quarterback, and then they can uh, double down in the second round with some, some more weapons because their offense right now is one of the worst offenses I've ever seen um, on paper. Um, you know, We're looking at names. If we're looking at photos, it'd, it'd be a little bit better looking because McCown and Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen. Beautiful people. Yeah. So my major question is, uh, I've got three major questions. A, will Lockie's legs survive? Lockie Edwards, Aussie. He's going yeah. to be punting a lot. It'll probably fall off, but yeah. Over under two and a half quarterbacks starting for them this year. Over. Yep. And over under 160 points scored, which would be like an NFL record in terms of... Lowest? Yeah. It's a throwing league. Of the modern era. Yeah, it's a throwing league. I think they'll still exceed it, Mm. but I mean, I think it's right there. All right. Let's, uh, Let's move on to the next division, and that is the AFC West. One of the uh, strongest divisions and closest divisions in football. Uh, either all games through the roof here across the board for all of us. We'll start with the uh, Denver Broncos, and their season win total is at 8.5. Over at $2.30, under at $1.67. Your thoughts on Denver this year? I've got them exactly the same as you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> right in the middle of the pack. Yep. But they're a very, 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 very difficult team to try to predict what's going to happen this season. Yeah, making the playoffs, you know, four out of the last five years is no fluke. They're they're a great organization. They're a winning organization. And their defense has still got the no-fly zone. They've still got Von Miller just <coughs> destroying people. There are rumors that TJ Ward's going. Yes. So that is... Interesting. That's something... But they've really... obviously, they obviously like what they have in Simmons and Parks that can mm-hmm. replace that. And they're strong. My... Concern is defensively, how are they against the the rush? That's going to be a problem. That's they have issues stopping the run. Um, they've lost a little beef up front, and we need players like Adam Gotsis and some other players to fill that void and, and have a big have a big year. And Gotsis has had a had a strong camp, a bit inconsistent at preseason, but you know you have to remember it's last year was injured, so this is his kind of his like legit rookie season in terms of having a full off-season to prepare and, and get ready and get accustomed. And they did lose Wade Phillips, so they are adjusting to that as well. Yeah, and I, th- I think like that's kind of built into our predictions of how they're going to go this year. I think if there was a, um, a bit more continuity there, I think you know we, we might see them at a 9-7 and seven or a 10-6. and six, But mm. yeah, this it, there just seems to be... I look at teams and I think about like the optimism in the organization and things like that. And you can tell that the the whole organization is like, you know, we were really hoping that Paxton Lynch would step up this season. Yeah. And like we're, we know that Simeon's limited and it's just like a younger Alex Smith. And that's how I think, I think the organization's like, damn it. <laughs> we're just in this, we're stuck in this spot now. In this lull. Yeah. Damn, if, I wish we had us. If you look at. <laughs> they would not be. <laughs> If you look at uh, uh, John Elway's track record, track record of... Whack, whack on. Did I stutter? Sucker, sucker tash. Uh, no, if you look at his track record drafting offensive players, not good. Uh, Monte Ball didn't work out. Ronnie Hillman didn't work out. He's better off just trading his picks for that. Cody Latimer didn't work out. And now Paxton Lynch hasn't quite panned out the way he'd hoped. But Trevor Simeon is someone they picked up late and it has panned out all right. For... For offensive stuff, I, I want to look at how their new offensive line is going to hold up. They they invested in Ronald Leary. They drafted Garrett Bowles uh, first over, uh, not first over, first pick in the draft for them. 
can it hold up enough to give Simeon some more time and help them develop the run and in and, and that ground and pound and try and just eat up the clock and allow their defense to work? And that's why they have so many either-or games because we just don't know how this offense is going to really fully function yet. Mm. And to be honest, I don't know if a ground and pound option is the best way to go. Like it's, Not in today's NFL. It's no, hard. it's very difficult. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's time to move on from Denver. Yeah. Yep. Eight and eight. Again, another push. I don't think we're touching them too much. Kansas City is the next team on the list. And Vegas win totals nine, flat nine. $1.95 over, $1.87 under. I have them at eight and eight this year. I'm not, I'm looking at their team and I'm wondering where they got better. Where did they get better? Can you... I like them. You like them? I do. I know they're good for... They're a strong roster, and they, they're good to win regular season games all the time. So if you... Th- well, thank God we're predicting the regular season. Then. Yes, I am. But the, the question for me is, can they get over the hump? Because they can't seem to quite win a playoff game with Alex Smith. Well, I don't understand your point. Because we're talking about the regular season. I know, but I'm saying if you have them in the playoffs. Yep. You have them winning the division, spoiler alert. But for me, like as I said, where do they get better? They lost Jeremy Macklin. Chris Conley's filling that role. I don't think that's too much. They're returning the well, same well, offensive line that they had. They've just lost Spencer Ware. You know, I guess the, the, the issue is Justin Houston's healthy, so that's probably where they got better. But I don't know where else they got better. They've lost some depth on the defensive line. I know Chris Jones is in his, you know, next year, but Tamba Harley is getting older. I, I don't know where yeah, they but, got better. Like I, I agree. They, they, they are getting older, and like they, it hasn't really seemed that they've improved or anything. But I, I, you know, view the rest of the division like I, I, I see Oakland taking a step back. I see Denver taking a step back. Things like that. So yep. that also plays into it. I yep. see Macklin. Wasn't a great fit. I think it, there was a bit of. Um, we're, we're two years removed from him being a, a stud for them. I know, but that was also with uh, Deshaun Jackson and things like that. Who you know, Deshaun Jackson just opens up the field for everyone. So yep. when that's complementing, yep. he doesn't have that there. So I think it was it was fine for Andy Reid and the Chiefs to let yep. Macklin go. Um, and you know, Tyreek Tyreek Hill from nowhere has just become this electrifying yep. player. And I think he really bodes well for what the Chiefs do when they have the limited Alex Smith, that short dink-dunk stuff. And, you know, the yards-after-catch ability of Tyreek Hill is exactly what they need. And Kareem Hunt. Exactly. So then, I know, um, yes, Spencer Ware is out, but Charkandrick West is more than capable of being, you know, a compliment back with Hunt or the backup or whatever he wants to be. And you've seen with Hunt, you know, he flashes things. So... Yeah. Twelve and four might be lofty, but yeah. look, when uh, when you look at the teams they're coming up against throughout the season and things like that, I, I like them. Yeah, and you know all, we're saying all this with you know I've got them eight, you've got them twelve, but like any one of these teams could go six and zero in the division or zero and six in the division. This division's so even across the board. Every team has their strengths and weaknesses. It's really hard for me. I just think Kansas City have a harder overall schedule because they won the division last year, and that's why I've just given the edge to some other teams, and I feel like some of the other teams have gotten a little bit better, and uh, one of those is the Oakland Raiders. They're at 9.5 win total. Uh, over is $2. Under is $1.83. And when I say better, I don't think they'll be better in terms of the win column this year, because I think they overachieved a little bit last year, and they won some close games and got a little bit lucky. But I feel like their offensive line is 
stronger, more with more continuity. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is there now, and I know oh, you know he's been retired and he's old, but I feel like he's going to help them, you know, balance that offense out a little bit more. And I just trust Oakland and Derek Carr a little bit more than I do Alex Smith. I think that last year, despite me predicting they like at the start of last season that they'd make the playoffs, and I, I think I had them at eleven wins. I think they. You know, I was really high on them. Yeah, you were. This season, I think I I do think last year they got lucky, and I didn't think they would. I thought they'd win more by talent and things like that. But I I view their wins last season as lucky, more often than not they were a bit lucky. And I mean, how many? Isn't the isn't the stat that they didn't beat a team over five hundred last year? I think that was. The Washington Redskins that did that, but I it was it was on the lower end of the scale. I'd have to confirm that, but yeah, they did they did beat up on a lot of bad teams and that helped, and they did get a bit lucky. But I just feel like they got a little little bit more improved than the Chiefs. You know, Eddie Vander does is is coming in, but I am really worried about their secondary. Uh, very inexperienced. Sean Smith just hasn't quite panned out from Kansas City when they signed him. They're weak at corner and at linebacker. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going to get plays at linebacker. Um, you know, in middle linebacker, obviously Khalil Mack and Bruce Irving are going to make plays, but I am worried about the other linebackers that drop back into coverage and covering the tight end. It's been a weakness for them. Yeah, they're not. I mean, their pass rush looks great. They'll be fine. They'll be fine there. Um, so yeah, hopefully. hopefully that's what I think they're going to have to do. I think they're going to have to put press coverage on their corners and hopefully that the edge rush gets to them first. Yep. Any uh, confirmed facts on last year? Could you find it? No. no. I, was, I was searching desperately. But, All uh, good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the last team in the AFC West, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. And the LA Chargers are at 7.5 at the moment. Win totals over is $1.61, under $2.40. Both you and I. Exact same records in the win-loss and either-or. 11 and 5 and then 10 either-or games. And it's funny we talk about either-or games. Uh, the uh, Chargers were 1 in 8 last year in single-score games last year. Uh, Philip Rivers' lost bingo was very funny. So he uh, we went from a team that was saying was lucky to... Lose games. Yeah. Um, to a team that hopefully this year can be lucky enough to win more of those games. Even if you just... Make them three and eight over that, over that span. You're improving them by two wins, and we haven't even figured in that they've improved immensely. They've drafted well. They've got rid of Mike McCoy, whose late game management was more the reason than Philip Rivers for them losing games. Yeah, um, I just think the addition, not even addition, re-addition, we'll say of Keenan Allen is going to make the world of difference. Yep, he is a target monster. He was on he was on track to have the most. Oh. Shatter record. Was it yards or targets? I mean, receptions. Receptions. I think it was, Catches, yeah, receptions. Yeah. Um, yeah, of anyone last season before he went, before he uh, got hurt. Wait, was it in the first game that he got hurt? Yeah, the year before that, he got the hurt. The year before, sorry. He was yeah, on yeah. the pace for the record yeah. and then got, I think he got injured with about six games to go. Yeah, and like, I mean, that, that, crushed, that crushed everyone. And then, last year. La- yeah, you know, last year happened. And, this team is just super unlucky, and Keenan Allen isn't injury prone. He is just un. <laughs> it's just ridiculous how unlucky he is. Yeah. You get a lacerated kidney, like how all, do you- all of his injuries are so unrelated. Yeah, and this it's not like you know it's, it's always soft tissue in his, 
injuries or anything like that. A lacerated kidney, like that is ridiculous. Um, so that you know, there's that aspect, and then you just have the fact that you know Gordon is hit there for another year and things with like Anthony that. Lynn, yeah, who mastered. The Sean McCoy's huge year last year. He yeah. does incredible work at the interior line. Yeah, and then you have you have Bosa from you know full, full off season yeah. things like that. There's everything's pointing up. Everything's pointing up. So small stadium as well with the better fans and atmosphere. I mean, like if the fans actually go to the games, it'll be great. I look at their defense too. They got playmakers on every level. You mentioned Bosa. You, you go to linebacker. Tavis Brown is is a killer. You go to the secondary and. Casey Haywood has had a huge year. And then you have uh, just compl- Kyle Verrett as well, who has also had some unlucky injury stuff. And if he can play an entire season, their secondary is, is really, really strong. And I can just see them having playmakers all over the field. I, I haven't even mentioned that, that, that. If they can stay healthy, feel like they can win games. I have them winning the division. I, uh, and I'm definitely taking the over on the Chargers. I'm all in. Chips in. That is correct. Moving on to the AFC North, and we'll start with the Cincinnati Bengals. The win total for them is 8.5, over at 205, under at $1.80. Cincinnati, another team where I think their range of outcomes is huge, huge, huge. Uh, so much relies on uh, just you know how well the offense is yeah. going to gel. Can they overcome that the obvious offensive line issue? You lose Zeitler, you, you lose Whitworth. Can how, the young rookies pan out? How are they going to use their, you know, the, their running back situation? Will John Ross stretch the field and, you know, actually make an impact, or will his impact have to they be? They have a like, plethora of weapons. It's a plethora. Tyler Eifert, healthy Tyler, healthy Tyler Eifert's huge in the red zone for them. He is a massive upgrade. Tie touchdown should be his name. Over Tyler Croft, um, two Tylers always found fascinating. Amazing, but you know their defense is fine. They're getting some. Some young players back. Uh, William Jackson's making plays in the preseason. Sean Williams, George Oka. So their secondary is fine. Obviously, Vontae's perfect being out for three games really hurts the interior uh, of their you know of their defense in the middle linebacker area. But I, I, I like their team on paper. I just the the number one issue is can they overcome this offensive line issue? Because if they can hold up and give Dalton some protection, we know that when he's surrounded by weapons, he can deal. He can play well. They were they had a really great year before he went down injured just before the playoffs, just two seasons ago. Yeah, and maybe maybe uh, yourself and I are too harsh. We have exactly the same prediction for the um, for Cincy. They might. I mean, I think we're we're pretty close in how we think this division is going to unfold. So, yep. um, yeah, like I said, the like you said, there is you know. A range of outcomes for this team. We d- we don't know how well they're going to gel. If they gel, it could be you know it could be what we saw a couple of seasons ago yeah. when they were just completely uh, dominant I, I on the offensive them, side of the I ball. I can see them easily making the playoffs. Yeah, if that all connects. Yeah, exactly. And you know, then they're just they're, they're just a real threat when they get to the playoffs. Different picture. We don't know how Dalton's going to go, but yep. regular season wise, awesome. Yeah, they they could they could be really good. Or this could all take time to you know yeah. happen. And just two, two, two sophomores, you know, uh, young players, Cedric Boogie and Jake Fisher have been underwhelming playing tackle for both. So yep. it, it comes down to these players and, and it'll be huge on them. We both have them at seven and nine at the moment, but we, as we said, it wouldn't surprise us if, you know, they end up winning nine games or 10 games. Yeah. Cause on paper, we love mix mixing as a player, John Ross's speed where you can't teach that type of speed and 
Yeah, and AJ Green, obviously. Yeah, and we have two complete outliers in the division. We have Pittsburgh and Cleveland, which are obviously at opposite ends of the spectrum when it yep. comes to how we think this um, these standings are going to play out. Yep. And I mean, we have the uh, we have an identical order of how the the division will play out, but you, we could easily see you know Cincy and Baltimore flipping. Yep. And definitely. Yeah. So. So speaking of Pittsburgh, they are the top team. Uh, Ten and a half is the season win total. Dollar sixty-seven over, two dollars thirty under. We both have them with double-digit wins. I've got them at thirteen and three. You have them at twelve and four. Uh, I think with Martavis back, this offensive line, uh, this offensive line, this off- the offensive line, strong. This offense as a whole is has the ability to be something really, really special. This is the year we've been waiting for all of these guys to be on the field at the same time. For a season, this is the year, and, and touch wood that they are healthy and, and can head into the playoffs with that because they're one of very few teams that on their day could probably upset the Patriots. Yeah, and with the they've also just recently acquired uh, our boy Vance McDonald. Yeah. So, I mean, they've, they've got another tight end option there. They've, you know, Jesse James is back for, the, for his second year, second year? Third year, second year? Second, yeah. Can't remember now, but still young. He's been here before. That's the main point. Not and a rookie. He's, he's back for another year. Anyway, so yeah, third year, third year. Yep, third yeah. year. There we go. Just. Uh, but they also acquired Joe Hayden recently, uh, released by the Browns. Um, I found it interesting that they were the team that signed him, knowing that they've ex- so quickly as well. I was like, yeah, we like him. Um, I don't know. Hasn't Antonio Brown torched him for the last four years? Like, <laughs> very very strange. But they they got young good players on defense that if what we saw out of them last year and you can project them to be, you know, 15 to 20% better with experience and, and getting accustomed and just natural progression as a player, your Javon Hargraves, your Bud Dupree's, your Ryan Shazier's, your Sean Davis's and your Artie Burns's, they're going to be much, much stronger. Um, even Sanquez Golson survived the, the preseason without a major injury for the first time in his career. So there is things hope looking, for this defense. Things are looking great. Um, with Martavius Bryant in the lineup, I can't remember the stat, but Ben's uh, Big Ben's points per game huge, huge, huge. It makes a it makes a world of difference with him on the field, and yeah. I mean we only got to see glimpses of it, glimpses of it a couple of seasons ago, and it, it looked incredible. And yeah. that was, and you know that's also with Le'Veon Bell, you know ending yeah. his holdout and coming back. So yeah, um, I I honestly can't wait to watch Pittsburgh. Yeah, Monday, eighteenth of December. Circle that in your diary. Pittsburgh Steelers, Patriots, Heinz Field. Just protect Big Ben. Yeah. Yeah, keep him safe because I we joked about his retirement stuff last year, but I, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the year for their offense. Is, is it, this the last is hurrah? This, yeah, is this the final hurrah for the, the this vaulted... Would you trade Pittsburgh? for Tyrod? Yes. <laughs> Every team. Would you trade for Tyrod? Uh, Baltimore is a team that you mentioned before. We have very similar projections on, and, and they're at a similar stage. They're kind of opposite to Cincinnati a little bit terms of, uh, you know, they rely more on their incredible depth on the defense yeah, rather they, than the offense. And they seem to have, uh, when you say opposite, they, they seem to be a team that, yes, while there are some rookies, there are a lot of vets in the building, and I, I see them kind of, on you know, from that perspective as well. I, Baltimore are, you know, a team that... I think a couple of a couple of weeks ago, before you know, before Macklin was signed and things like that. I, okay, I say a couple. It was yep. a while, before, a, a while more than a couple. But yep. you know, you you looked at this team and you thought, how are they going to? Where are all these targets going to go from 
uh, from Steve Smith and, and Pitta and things like that and how are they going to bounce back. But, you know, they've made, you know, some good signings. And, I mean, I really like the Danny Woodhead signing. Yep. And that should... So uh, he stays healthy. He's, had, yes. he's been a bit banged up the last few weeks. Yeah, and Terrence West gets, a you know, a bit of a rough rap, but he's a, he's a solid running back in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I like him. I'm, solid early down thumper. Yeah, they have lost Kenneth Dixon for the year, so that is... That you know, that's a tough pill to swallow, but, I, I mean... Like like we've just said, Woodhead and Terrence West are they, they complement each other perfectly fine. Yep. And so I think if you know they've still got Mike Wallace in the building, if he stretches the field, and then if if he, he, well, he cops a bad rap too. Oh, he's, he's a he's a good player. Yeah. I've I've never been harsh on Mike Wallace. Yep. I just think he's great. I think there's just a sort of a stank around his name um, because he's he's a wildly inconsistent sort of fantasy player, and everyone just judges their fantasy lineup. But he's Always sort of been thereabouts, eight hundred plus yards. I think it was. Season. I think it yeah. was just when he went after the money. Yeah, when wow. he went to Miami for all that. How money. dare an athlete chase money in a limited How career? Yeah, <laughs> um, in a limited. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so with with him, if they can get him to stretch the field, and they have Macklin, you know, cutting in underneath and things like that, with Woodhead coming out the backfield, you look at the offense and you think, wow, that can really complement this defense that it they've can, got. It could at least, yeah, at least carry them over and score enough points that they can win these games 20-17 to 17 or 14-10. A know? lot relies on Flacco's the consistency back. of uh, Flacco. And so, he's back. And he's back. So Vegas the have them very similar to Cincinnati. Eight and a half is the total. $2.40 is over. $1.61 is under. You mentioned that offense sort of just holding on and, and carrying off this back. Like... I talked about how I really like the Chargers defense. The problem with the Chargers defense, if they lose injuries along the starters, they're in big trouble. The Ravens, their second team defense on our They can nearly have a next man up approach like, for the defense. You've got Willie Henry, Carl Davis, Bronson Kafusi, and Zadarius Smith listed in the second team. Tyus Bowser as well, Marlon Humphrey, Ladarius Webb. They could all start. No, mate, you swap that for the Colts defense. Oh, the I, Colts would, I would take the Ravens' second TD over my Colts <laughs> D. It, it, they, they have a really special defense. We haven't even talked about Tony Jefferson pairing up with Eric Weddle. Brilliant. Like, that, that, that's an incredible One of the shrewdest safety. signings yeah, of it was, yeah, the offseason. It was I don't really know if we, special. I don't know if you said it. Did we say that I had him at 8-8 eight and, eight and you at 9-7? and seven? I went 9-7. and seven. Justin Tucker's good to win him an extra game than the Bengals. I just can trust him. Best kicker uh, in football at the moment, Justin Tucker. Uh, I think nine and seven, and they're definitely in the wild card race. So they probably scrape in. But again, all of this means complete B. If Flacco's back doesn't suffer, part of me wants. you going to say beehives. Part of me wants it. Wants his back to suffer, and then Colin Kaepernick. Sorry, did you just say you want Flacco's back to suffer? Just for a game or two, and they have to. Guys, their... this is taking a here we go. A real no, south no, turn. I'll, I'll say it this way. They miss the playoffs. I hope he gets broken. If not broken, <laughs> just if he misses a game or two, right? And Colin Kaepernick signs somewhere else before they got the chance to sign him, and they lose by they miss out on the playoffs by one or two games because they lost the game because they so set on sticking with Ryan Mallett. That would be just a dream. Like I would laugh so hard at Steve Biscotti, who asked fans to pray for them because they were considering signing Colin Kaepernick. Just the ignorance and just the arrogance. Oh, yeah, of I that. think I might just drop a Baltimore win. <laughs> Give it to the Cincy. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, there we go. No, all right. Uh, let's move on. Cleveland. We both got them at five and eleven. The season win total for them is at four and a half. So thereabouts. Dollar sixty three over two dollars thirty five. I think it was hard to give them wins based off who they were playing, but I feel like they're going to be better this year. I feel like their defense is young and hungry, and Greg Williams is. Uh, 
you know, he's always preached hitting hard. Uh, that's an understatement of the decade. Um, <laughs> the, the guy in charge of Bounty Gate advocating hard hits. But I just feel like watching them, and I, was, no, I know it was only preseason, but they just swarmed to the ball like we haven't seen in previous years. Yeah, and you can clearly see that there's like a huge sem- sense of optimism in the building. They're just, yeah. especially the fact that Deshaun Kaiser was drafted far later than... And they were patient about it, and now it's the guy. So it was fourth round. Third round, fourth Third round. round. Third round. No, it might have even been second. It was pick 52. Yeah, that's there second we go. round. Yep. Either way. Sorry, no, he was ranked fourth, was he? Yeah. Yes, okay, there we go. We've got, we got another we get correct We're team Kaiser. Yeah, we're completely. Um, Really? Not Osweiler? That's surprising. Oh, how about, how about the optimism now that uh, Osweiler's gone? As if, as if seeing the back of him doesn't get you inspired. <laughs> okay, anyway, no, no, no. Sorry, shouldn't have brought up Barack. Touchy subject with wife. Anyway. Future cult. <laughs> God, I hope, so. I hope so. <laughs> I pray to the football gods that that happens. Come anyway. On, Matt McGloid, please. <laughs> yeah, so they were patient about it. The expectation, while yes, it is Cleveland and there are always expectations there on the rookie quarterbacks or any quarterback to be the next, you know, the Messiah that saves them. He was drafted later. He wasn't drafted in the fourth round. There is that, you know... Uh, kind of pressure off his shoulders that he's not a first-round pick and things like yeah, that. He's not labelled the saviour. Yeah, and he's viewed as like this rookie that's exciting, but not the saviour, where, say, someone which was like... Manziel. Yeah, in a similar way, Manziel was like, he was seen as exciting, but he's a first-round pick. He has to win games, so yeah. that's just it. I They've also done well with their recruiting, getting, you know, home, like just no-frills names. Zeitler and Treader. Yeah. Huge upgrade on the offense. Thank goodness that their offensive line is so solid for a rookie quarterback. Yep. It's just such a beneficial thing. And, I mean, look what happened with Jared Goff when he was behind a poor offensive oh, line yeah. in, in L.A. It, it just it makes a world of difference. And getting someone who can make the best out of a bad quarterback situation, not saying that Kaiser's bad, just saying that, you know, he has played with poor quarterbacks his, pretty much his whole career. Kenny Britt is just... He's that guy. That's yeah. the kind of player you need in an organization that is... Especially with Kaiser's arm. Yeah. yeah. And yes, um, uh, Terrell Pryor leaving will be... That that will hurt. Yep. But at the same time, you know, he was transitioning from quarterback. He wasn't just, you know, that out-and-out wide receiver. I think I think it's good. They've got young tight end coming in and yeah. everything. It's looking good. And I think that they're completely being underestimated and they're not seen as... They're not the team that could possibly go 0-16 and 16 now. That's yeah. been taken by the Jets. That's the team that everyone... They're a team that some are even saying, I could see them winning six games or, or seven games. Yeah, which and is that's great. Which is terrific. Yeah. And that's why I have more either-or games than you. I have eight because I just think that Hugh Jackson is a good coach. He is yep. good. And he's completely, in my opinion, the right person for this job given they are patient with him and let yeah. him control the way that the organization and control goes. the quarterback it's so good for kaiser to have a coach that actually believes in him and yeah. his talent and actually is working together with him to make him succeed like it's just huge like it's a massive benefit for kaiser last year he got blamed for way too much stuff at notre dame last year and it wasn't his fault um yeah i i like their team uh, their front seven is really interesting the secondary is going to be hit hard and they're going to be exposed a lot and that's going to hurt them in games but they're going to be fun to watch. That's all I want to say. There's at least some optimism in Cleveland, and if they can win five games, that's great. My only concern is I don't want them to overachieve too much. Like, if they win eight games or something, and then next year they only win six, 
I don't want them to get complacent or upset. I think overachieving at times can really hurt. Like when Todd Bowles sort of overachieved with the Jets in his first year, it hasn't quite panned out. There's a lot of negativity around that I, sort of stuff. I really think that their front office has their head screwed on yeah. now. I think they've got a good mix of Maybe football maybe. people and stats people, and I think they're... Yep. The accumulation of picks and everything has really helped the organization. And, I mean, they've still got a decent amount of picks next season, so yep. they're on oh, the up. They're absolutely stacked for picks. They're so on it's, the up. It's crazy. All right, speaking of uh, optimism and, and hope, let's completely flip it on its head and talk about the Houston Texans in the AFC South. Hey! Uh, their win total is eight and a half, dollar ninety one under eight and a half, dollar ninety one. We're well and truly under. Um, we are not buying what Houston's selling. We've both got them five and eleven, and both have ten either or games. Look at us go. <laughs> uh, we're not buying at all, Houston. Uh, last year they, despite making the playoffs and winning the division, they were one of the worst teams in DVOA. I think they were 29th in DVOA by Football Outsiders. Uh, they obviously don't rate them again this year. They have them as 6.7 average wins, and they're not. Uh, they're not buying at all what Houston are selling as well. My talking point is really this. A lot of people focus on the Giants' weak offensive line in Cincinnati. Houston's is worse. And Dwayne Brown's still holding out. He's the only player of note on their offensive line. He's holding out at the moment. I'd hold out too. You're in a good position. Yeah, exactly. Like Your, your, your worth to a team will never be more valuable right now you than, just keep, than Dwayne you Brown's. You keep holding out, Brown. Yeah. Um, Holding out Brown sounded funny. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so Chris Clark, Xavier Suafilo, who they took instead of Derek Carr, Nick Martin, Jeff Allen, Kendall Lamb. Those last two names are not made up. I know people can't see me nodding, but... And of all the rookie quarterbacks this year, Deshaun Watson just quite hasn't sort of lit it up as much as Trubisky and, and Kaiser and Mahomes. Not yet, and Tom Savage is going to hang around. So you'll see both of them play games. This to be honest, year, Will Fuller's out. Sometimes look better. <laughs> <laughs> Will Fuller is injured as well. So outside of DeAndre Hopkins, their pass catching options are not good. Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong. It's not the best offense at all. I'm really worried about the offense. But then on the flip side, their defense was one of the best in football last year without JJ Watt. They get JJ Watt back. All right, and then that's think, where I think people are overrated. Think about them. it. All right, so say three months ago, had Romo signed, we would be talking about them in a completely different light. Oh, massively. Line. Which is hilarious. Just, it is. You know, and even if Cutler went there, I think we'd be talking about them slightly better. I think we'd be seeing yeah. them at maybe six or seven wins, eight wins possibly. But there, uh, there are so many question marks still that I have. I will. I mean, they just gave Hopkins an extension, a five-year extension, didn't they? They did. So that they should give him quarterback money because he's pretty much been the quarterback. He, he's the team, and so that's the thing. If Watson steps in, if Watson. Will he throw? Uh, they we know that Savage doesn't hesitate throwing the ball to yep. Hopkins, and that you know, I think I don't want the team to rely on that, and I think they're going to have to because yep. Lamar Miller, yes, despite him, we we see him as a good running back. It's Look at more he's running just, behind. Yeah, he's running behind a line that's just you know, like you've Terrible. said, just shocking. I think they I think they are the worst line in football at the moment. Yeah, I I don't see I don't see Lamar Miller lasting the season. He hasn't had that kind of workload consistently, and I think you know he is a small, fragile running back who could you know mm. easily just get banged up, and then that's that he, that would a, be the worst thing for Houston. He's a burst running back. He needs the hole there. He can't break as many tackles as we'd like him to break. Yes, 
Um, I think that's the way. But saying that, like you did bring up uh, JJ Watts back, the defense will keep them in games. Yep. And hey, where where no one to say that if this offense somehow starts to gel, who knows? Savage might come out and you know be you know much better than we had exactly. Thought. There, there are quarterbacks that do come out and just play hmm. far better than we expect, and this could be a situation like that. Who knows? Watson might come out like the RG three and play like that, you know, energetic style. That's just, yeah. You know, I mean, Cam Newton had a terrible preseason his first year and came out and set the rookie passing record. So we can't buy too much into it. Yes, and along with all this, there's a lot going on in Houston right now. Yeah, it is tough and it's emotional. So. It, they they could either use that and be like, hey, let's do it for Houston. You, like you can easily see it that way, or you can see it as being a an enormous enormous distraction that yep. takes their mind off football, which is you know it's hard to blame an individual when something like that is mm. like so catastrophic is happening in your hometown. I'm not saying they're all hometown, yep. but you know they're obviously based in Houston. Yeah. So credit to JJ Watt for his efforts over the last week. I I love to tease him and mock him but you know he's a at the end of the day he is, he is a good guy and he's done a lot for Houston and he cares about Houston and uh it's good to have him back playing football uh you know and watching him sack because when he is on form and in in game he's a fun fun player to watch so let's just you know hope him he, and Clown let's, let's see Clowney how stepped up in his absence last yeah. year so be interesting I uh look forward to watching Houston I think if they can get some development out of Watson then maybe next year will be a little bit more optimistic where they can actually get some more help on offense for, for Watson and move forward that way. Uh, moving on to Indianapolis, and this is the one... Let, let, me, let me start. So, Hold on. usually... Vegas win total, 7.5. Over $2.30, under 7.5. Usually when you are making sorry. predictions, you're generally a little bit biased towards your own team. Why Why is not in that camp? Why hates oh, his team biased, and said the worst team in the NFL? There's such thing as negative bias. <laughs> Three wins difference between us. He's, g- he's pretty much just going to keep predicting that the Colts suck until Grigson's... I mean, uh, Pagano's gone. Agreed. Yeah? Yep. You don't want him to be successful because you want your theory that it's Pagano's fault to be correct. It is. Uh, I'll ask you this question. If yeah. Andrew Luck doesn't play the entire season, how many wins would you put them down for? Three. There you go. So, and that's because I just, that's it for me. I think luck misses the first month and it's six and ten time. I can say that a lot about a lot of starting quarterbacks. You can. Absolutely you can. But there's at least some teams like like Baltimore, like Houston, uh, like Cincinnati, uh, that have good enough defenses that can keep you in games and your replacement quarterback, your wins above replacement, uh, very baseball-y term, but can keep you in games and keep you competitive. The Colts don't have that. They're starting eight or nine new starters on on defense, and now they've lost Vontae Davis to a green injury and Ryan Kelly. So three of our three out of our four best players currently injured right now, and we have a coach that can't talk straight. He just talks about chopping wood, and, and then Jim Irsay is asked about it, and all he says is well, it's in the hands of the football gods. He's not lying. He's being okay. honest. I think that's where Jim Irsay's head's at, up in the air, up in the sky. It's a well-run organization. Uh, it's just, you know, I talked about the continuity between owner, GM, and coach with New England. It's complete opposite in, in Indianapolis. It's a terrible environment for a quarterback. Yeah, chopping wood with the football gods. Uh, and Chris Ballard is just standing around, just John Travolta opening the wallet. Uh, what movie is that from, that meme, that gif? I, st- I can't remember. I'm but anyway. 
Uh, six and ten for me. You're going nine and seven. You're believing Luck's what back week two. So I think I think Luck is. Uh, it's going to be there. There are going to be shootouts. Whenever a defense is thought to be this bad, you know, besides you know defenses like the Jets and things like that, which you just are completely ruled out. There's still a lot of um, you know question marks or just. Um, gray area to see how this Colts defense will perform at all. So I think we're being pretty harsh on the defense. Yes, on paper it looks not that great, but you know we said that last season and they didn't play that yeah. bad. Oh look, they've signed some good players. John Simon looks like a really good signing by Chris Ballard. Malik Hooker and Quincy Wilson look like really good see? first and second round picks. Stop hating, but man. it's just going to take a while to gel. That's all it is. It's just going to take. It a will while. take a while to yeah. gel. And at the they s- might win more games down the back end of the season. And when you see, you know, all right, so say they do start to gel. Andrew Luck comes back, you know, a little bit later. Then they go on like a, not a hot rut, like a yep. a streak, but you know, he he might come back and then get into the swing of things, and you know, just gets a feel for the game again. And yep. they do have, according to Football Outsiders, the 29th easiest schedule. Um, so that's going to help them a lot down the back end. So I think. We're probably on the opposite ends of the scale. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle between us. Well, when we when we opposite ends of the scale, we are th- only three games. Yeah, apart. that's a fair chunk in a seventeen week season, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, right. Speaking of shootouts, like Andrew Luck, first game last year, thirty-one of forty-seven, three hundred eighty-five yards and four touchdowns. We lose by four. Like, what what more can you do to to win a game? Is the defense to, worse than last year? I think to start the year because we've got a lot of injuries. Yes. But I think over the last six weeks, in the back end of the year, I think we'll be much better. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. I think the Colts' schedule early on is harder, though. It is. Most of our tough games, Seattle, Arizona, and the Rams. So if we're looking at it that way and that luck was going to be out and you were going to lose anyway? Possibly. Possibly. Like but I was apples. expecting us to, you know, if luck played and we were healthy, I was expecting a win against the Rams in week one. But I'm not expecting that at all anymore. Uh, all right. Moving on to Tennessee Titans. Uh, their Sorry, win total. Can I just yep. chime in? Who who's your starting quarterback? Scott Tolzian. That's right. Have fun with that. He'll be fine. Uh, eight and a half win total for the Titans. Over a dollar sixty-one. Under two dollars forty. We both uh, are liking the Titans. Double digits for both of us. I've got them at ten and six. You've got them at eleven and five. Yeah. So my boy Mariota. They've done a really good job of surrounding. Mariota with weapons now. He's always had a, a great offensive line. How do you just... Just... Eric Decker is completely surplus to requirements, and they just go grab him. And that's that's the kind of... Yep. That, I love those kind of moves when you don't, you don't need... They didn't need him. Not particularly, but now they have... Like, Rashad Matthews is a great number three. You, you're not overly keen on him as a number two, but as a number three. Hell yeah. How nice does that look? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. You've got Delaney Walker, who's, you know, just... A, a complete security blanket for Mariota. Yeah. You've got, you know, a great, great running back situation. Yeah. Defense is looking strong. As if you won't split back them a lot. No. And yeah. so you've got split backs. You've got a good um, three wide receiver set with Delaney Walker. So you've got all those weapons. While the defense is trying to focus on all of that going on, you've got Mariota who has the ability to just sprint out and score a touchdown. 70-yard touchdown. He he will use his legs more this season, in my opinion, just because the defense is going to be so focused on everything else. And yeah. I think we are... I don't know why we're all still... not. We're not low, but we're just flying under the radio... Radio. radio the uh, radar. Did I stutter? 
<laughs> DeMarco Murray just hasn't been spoken about. And mm. yes, Derek Henry is coming oh, up. Man, he but looks so light on his feet. It's crazy. For a big guy, right? Know, a solid guy. Unbe- it's unbelievable. But DeMarco Murray isn't going anywhere. No. And he, he looked good. And I think everyone, you know, forgets that he had a really good year last yeah. year. So I feel like people were all in on Jacksonville last year that they're skeptical of like the Tennessee Titans being this year's Jags where everyone was talking it up and that they're going to disappoint. But I just can't see it. Uh I am a little, still a little bit concerned about their secondary, but they have actively tried to address address that with drafting Adoree Jackson and, and signing Logan Ryan and Jonathan Cyprian. Logan Ryan know. has been a little bit. Uh, the history yeah. of New England players outside of New England is not great. Uh, if you're if Bill Belichick's happy for you to go, there's obviously a good reason for that. But in saying all of that, he's still a massive upgrade over what they had last year. Um, so that's going to be a weakness. But Jarrell Casey, Derek Morgan, Brian Arakpo up front, they're going to be fine. They're going to win the division with ease, I think. Um, and I like the over for them uh, this year. I think they win. I think they win 10 games. Over 8.5 looks looks good value for me. You like that? All right. Uh, moving on to the next second last team. Oh, no, the last team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, now, their win total is, let me just find them. Six and a half. Pick them. Dollar ninety one. Thoughts on them? I think there's one clear question mark. Uh, right what? tackle. No. Nah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> okay. So yes, obviously quarterback is a big talking point. Yep. And uh, I mean, as well as right tackle, but we'll we'll start with quarterback. There, all off season has just been about. Bortles and you know how how he's progressing and is he the actual problem point of this offense and th- of the whole team to be honest he is um, massive anchor yeah and, I said anchor and when um, Marone when when he was pressed on you know the issue and things like that and how often he wanted to pass and things like that he he pretty much just came straight out and said you know if I can have him throw zero times I will so that doesn't that never sounds good it you know it. It all, it speaks volume of his confidence in Leonard Fournette, but Leonard Fournette has, you know, is going into the season with an injury, unfortunately. And I just, I don't like how they're, they're starting off. They're every, you know, when fans are begging for Chad Henney, you, you know, you've just got issues. Yeah. I mean, Chad Henney was part of the problem of why they drafted Blake Bortles so highly. Uh, and I just don't know if they have the offensive line and as good as, as good as a transcendent talent Leonard Fournette is. Without anyone respecting the pass, NFL defenses can manhandle an offensive line like the Jaguars and and contain Leonard Fournette to a point where this offense is going to struggle unless Blake Bortles can turn it around or the team can sign someone else who would present an upgrade to them. But looking at their defense, it's so unbelievable. Kalei Campbell joins what was already like a top 10 defense last year. Sean Gibson and Barry Church, AJ Boy. Boy. And uh, it's just, you know, year two of Yannick Nagogwe as well, who came on lights out last year, was a, you know, sneaky defensive player of the year candidate for for a while there. It's just such a good team. But in saying all that, having a terrible quarterback is just an absolute liability. And, you know, he's helping, actively helping other teams score points. It's it's not going to bode well for them. And I, I struggled to give them five wins, but you only had them at four. Yeah, so I had them four. I'll... P- to be perfectly frank, I think that I was probably too low on them, and I do think there was probably there's more either or games in there. Yep. And I think that 
pretty much just falls on the shoulders of Bortles. If Bortles comes out and is and plays really, really bad, because he does at the moment look completely down on confidence. He doesn't look like he wants to be out there because he knows that if anything goes wrong, it's just going to be viewed as him playing badly. So I think that's definitely weighing on him. And then... Obviously, if Chad Henney comes in, there's only so much optimism you can have in, as an organization yeah. about how maybe, far you're going to go that season. Maybe if, Brendan Allen. If Tyrod Taylor was there, I'm looking at this in a completely different way. Mm. Completely different if way. Colin Kaepernick was there, I'm looking at it in a completely different exactly. way. Exactly. And it frustrates the hell out of me that these owners can't see that. Mm. And um, see, like, it would be so easy to be a GM, I reckon. Oh, can't be that odd. No, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's the AFC. Any so, last thoughts on the AFC as a whole? No, no. I think I think it's it'll be interesting. I think looking at the AFC, I think there is two clear strong teams yeah. above and beyond anyone else, and then the fighting for what's going to be next is very interesting from a AFC West perspective. I feel I feel like a lot of those division games are going to dictate the playoffs in the AFC this year. I agree. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps up our AFC preview. Stay tuned for our NFC preview in our next episode as always you can follow me on twitter at jynfl you can follow me if this is woot follow the show at woot and why and you can listen on itunes stitcher and audio boom and uh please give us an itunes review yeah boys 